Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Secret Library Podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. You can join the Secret Library Podcast Patreon and Writers Club at patreon.com slash secret library and support the show as well as get bonus materials, solo episodes, and have the opportunity to participate in Q&As and other fun stuff. Again, the address to check that out is patreon.com slash secret library. This is episode 141 of the Secret Library Podcast. My guest this week is Mike Hembury, who is an Anglo-Berliner originally from Portland, England. He's a writer, musician, photographer, sailor, environmentalist, and guitar nerd in no particular order. He writes a column for The Wild Word, and his first novel, New Clone City, was out from Wild Word Press last year. It was a real treat to talk to Mike because uh, as a fellow Berlin resident and one that's coming to Berlin from outside of the Anglo world, um, he has quite a few years on me in Berlin and it was wonderful to look at how this city as well as being an expat in a different culture and taking that in influenced his book, New Clone City, which is uh, an amazing ride. It's quite an incredible steampunk futuristic yet speculative kind of genre defying experience in fiction uh, that was a treat to read and even more of a treat to discuss with him. So we had a lot of fun talking about how to bring the political into writing in a natural way that doesn't dominate the book, what it's like to create characters, where they come from, how to build them, and how to write a book without all the boring bits, as he puts it. So I know you're really going to enjoy hearing from Mike. So here we go with Mike Hembury. Hi, Mike. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Hi. Pleasure to be here. It's... um. It's fun to have someone else who is currently in Berlin, but of course we are not in the exact same physical location, but it is fun to bring that into the space. I am almost always interviewing people who are far, far away geographically, but it's fun to have you on sort of across town. Yeah, I guess I'm just around the corner. Yeah, exactly. So one thing I wanted to start with about New Clone City is the fact that you went with a press that's also local to Berlin. And I'm wondering about what that process was like, putting a novel out as an English-speaking writer, writing in English, but publishing with a press located in Germany. And I'm interested in how that came about, and then we can get into the book itself. Okay, well, that, I guess, is very much to do with um, with my publisher. So that's The Wild World, uh, Wild Word, sorry. And um, who were, well, I mean, I was writing for them for their online uh, magazine. And um, so they were very, very keen and very supportive when it came to writing the book. So I, I sent them some chapters and they were like, yeah, well, finish it, do it, you know, go ahead. And so it was... Um, in a way, I, I was wondering whether to 
Yeah, like maybe say go through the whole process of, um, you know, agent and finding a bigger publisher, whatever. And in the end, I was just thought, well, no, these guys have been like so supportive and really, really just gung ho from the from day one uh, that I thought, well, you know, what is against it? I mean, just yeah, just do it, you know. So so that was really, I guess, uh, the kind of the potted version of, of why why uh, the local the local publisher. I think that's such a great thing for people to hear because many people think of publication as like this arduous, difficult, kind of torturous process that is really scary. And to hear someone have an experience where building a relationship with them, getting to know them and that they were supportive of the work even before it was finished is just something that's helpful for people to know is an available experience to have. Well, yeah, I mean, I think I certainly heard... um... How can I say? I, uh, like other from other writers with like different perspectives, who were sort of saying, "Well, you know, they it's in almost like a, a big sort of career decision where they were saying, no, they're they're they have a different focus and whatever.'" And, and I kind of totally respect that. I mean, that's I mean that's really fine. Um, but I, I also just um, how can I say? It was just so encouraging and so such a positive vibe to have that support from more or less the beginning. Um, and, you know, I mean, these, the, uh, Kuzi and Erin, they were both, um, um, how can I say, they they believed in me when I wasn't necessarily believing in myself, you know? So um, that was, a, yeah, incredibly positive experience for me. Definitely, that's, uh, that's wonderful to hear. So let's go back to the beginning. And I would love to hear, because you were writing for them, you've, you've written in other places, but what inspired the beginning of this book, which is, it's an amazing book. It's It almost defies description. I was like, I'm going to have to get him to describe it because I would say it's in some ways speculative fiction, in some ways sort of parallel reality, but in some ways just, uh, I don't know. So let's go back to the beginning and how did the idea come to you and, and how do you describe the book? Oh, okay. That's that, three questions. It, Sorry, I'm hitting with you all at once. Really, that's a really tricky one. Um, well, the idea. So, how did the idea? Well, um, I guess a thing a thing to know is maybe that I've been here, like here in Berlin, for about thirty years, which is longer than I've been anywhere else. Um, and um, sort of for a while like 20 years, I was sort of went, how can you say, like, as I said, went native, you know, I mean, I was just like, didn't really have much contact with the English speaking community. And the English speaking community here has changed massively as well. Um, so I think part of the kind of the impetus for me behind the book was um, a sort of, how can I say, I wanted to write about where I am, but without mentioning the fact that it's has anything to do with Germany. Mm. <laughs> How can I, I mean, that's, that's kind of like, that's not the the only thing, but it certainly was, um, was a kind of, um, um, uh, a motivation for me, I think, because, um, um, it, it how can I say, I, I mean, I'm from originally from the UK and, um, what I often get, even with like very sort of young people, is a kind of um, blinkered sort of vision. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Germans. Yeah, we kind of we get the Germans, 
you know, like, and we get their sort of Prussian values and we get all this. And I, and I was kind of thinking, I'm a translator also, um, kind of from way back. And I was thinking, no, you don't really get it at all. I know that sounds sort of very like kind of gatekeeper-y sort of, um, you know, but that's not my intention. It's more like I have like a, a sort of deep love and affection for this place, I guess. And also for the people here and, and my own family here and, and my friends here. And, and I kind of think um, that, yeah, I, I kind of needed to counteract that somehow, I think. So that was like a very major part of my um, motivation, I guess. Um, so what was, it say? what was the rest of your question? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's, that's great. And I think, so what was the original idea? And then how do you describe the book when talking to other people? Because it is a book, I can see the des desire to defy convention, both in not being reductionistic about the place where it's located. I love the the play of words. I had a lot of fun trying to figure out like the, the clever twists on locations. Um, and I was like, okay, I think I know where this one is. But the other one, it made me want to get on the U-Bahn and ride around and look for names that were just subtly tweaked and played with, uh, uh -huh. which was really fun. But I, I can see the desire to divide convention. So I wonder how you categorize the book or how you describe the book or what the influences are for you in writing it. Okay. Well, I guess um, I'm also like a, a, a huge sort of cyberpunk fan. Mm. Um, and um, um, uh, one of the people I dedicated the book to was uh, Pat Cadigan, who's a, uh, a Canadian writer living in England and um, who wrote a book called Fools, which just had a massive, massive imp impact on me in terms of what you could do with that genre. Just, you know, like how it, you could sort of how it can mess with your head kind of thing. And um, and I, I guess I've always been for for a long time a bit of a sort of nerd in there like <laughs> you know like this sort of it kind of classic thing so i mean i sort of love all that i mean the kind of you know i don't know the whole the whole vibe of like of that early internet i mean i just still remember that that was just like just unlike anything that had ever happened before it was just a kind of massive rush and i, and I think i'm also fascinated with the whole um sort of virtual reality thing and um what you know what that can do in a sense and in a way i yeah so i i kind of like love that space that opens up when people just kind of plunge into a kind of a, a virtual world which they've created on paper um and um you know that's always just a kind of like this huge yeah sort of a rush for me um, so I, I kind of, that was certainly part of, um, of the, if you like the motivation behind the book. And also, I, I guess, uh, it started from a, a short story, which was very much, I guess, quite sort of grotesque, but sort of in uh, sort of, a, almost like a comedy sort of number around, um, a guy who goes to see a doctor kind of in, um, in a virtual world kind of thing. So anyway, yeah, so that was, um, that also played a, a large role. Um, so it started with Jimmy in a sense. 
Well, yeah, I guess. Yes, if you, yes, I guess it started with, with Jimmy. Yeah. Um, but also, I think um, I wanted to um, I wanted to 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 bring in yeah like not just have kind of like one perspective on it so i did want to bring in a lot of other a lot of other perspectives and i mean a lot of my experience of of berlin has been in like almost sort of discrete scenes if you like you know discrete um um um, um kind of communities in the city um and so so that played an enormous role for me as well so like how do these kind of various takes on a place or whatever, you know, how do they interact? Definitely. I think that's something that was really fascinating to me was this way in which it's a very large cast and there are many, many threads coming through it and interlocking. And one thing that I loved was that you would see the same incident from several characters' perspectives. Like there are a couple of... um, like a motorcycle accident comes to mind and some other incidents in there where you'll see it from the perspective of somebody who's inside of the experience. And then in the next section, you'll see it, that it'll touch on somebody seeing it from the outside and the way that you're able to see it, it made me think of the film Rashomon. So I'm, how did, did you know what those moments were where you'd see it from people? I'm interested in the way that you wrote it because there were so many threads and so many elements to keep straight. And yet you'd have these moments where they were so neatly sewn together. And I'm wondering how you achieved that balance. Oh, okay. Um, well, well, I think to it, the, it's interesting that you say that because the, to me, the plot itself seems sort of fairly straightforward. Um, and, um, yeah, and I kind of had all these characters, like you know, like flying around, and I thought, well, you know, they've got to meet up somehow. <laughs> 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 yeah. But I, I, so it seemed to be kind of quite natural for me to um, to sort of to do that. It's interesting that for me that you say that that that, that kind of like struck you as a major aspect. I mean, it. Um, yeah, I I think. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think I was in a space at the time, kind of like a headspace where they were just doing their own thing, more or less. How mm. can I say? I mean, maybe that's, you know, that's maybe sounds a little naive, but, but what I've, um, the novel itself was written pretty quickly. Um, and, um, so it was more, let them get on with it. So how did you how did you meet them and figure out what they were doing? Like, did you start because there was a short story about someone going to a doctor in a virtual world? So that reminds me of the scene with or the plot line of Jimmy going to see the doctor. And I mean, he's taking other people to a doctor. Some people get injured and then and then they end up going. But did you I'm just interested in how they made themselves I don't know how, how do we find out about characters? It's like they appear somehow, but then it's very difficult to slow that process down and to figure out where they came from. As we're writing, we have sort of an aha, or did you have the idea of the characters and then just start writing their stories individually? Well, I don't, um, well, there was, I think a, there were a couple of kind of figures who that emerged 
I think. Um, I mean, Jimmy was a, a kind of a, like an initial sort of spark, and then there was the the doc who was also kind of like present from quite early on, um, and and Claire, um, who was uh, I guess a kind of kind of kick-ass sort of ecological feminist punk sort of she was there pretty quickly um but there, i i th- i think that they, they these characters sort of em- emerged i didn't plan them how can i say they did mm. i didn't i didn't um yeah they i think they emerged kind of fairly autonomously um and um i found myself writing like just um like the f- first couple of chapters more or less as short stories um, and um, I was in a um, creative writing group at the time, and um, the feedback was, "You know, this is a novel, don't you?" <laughs> and uh, so, and I was thinking, "Oh, oh, okay, okay." And it wasn't like I didn't at that time. I wasn't consciously right, sitting, well, you know, lining up my characters and saying, "Well, this is what they're going to do." It was more that that they kind of like emerged, and then, and then I thought, okay, you know, they've. Um, where are they going? What what are they doing? And I think also what was very important to me at the time was um, I did it as part of uh, NaNoWriMo. Mm. So that really got me into a space where I wasn't, I wasn't really agonizing about anything much. It was like, I was more just thinking, okay, time to sit down and get on with it. And that was great for me. That was very, very good because that put me into a like, um, sort of a work mode with the whole process rather than this kind of um, agonizing art mode. You know what I mean? I mean, it was yes, more. Yes, very well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So there was much more about, you know, get on with it. And I think um, I notice in my own reading that I'm often, I often read. Um, things that are like worthy and I think, mm, yeah, right. But now I really need something that's going to get, you know, like get me going. <laughs> so maybe I, you know, I'll find myself like reading a book or two in the meantime, you know, just to sort of <laughs> get the juices flowing again. And I, I find that there are certain authors who kind of like do that for me, that they kind of like just have this sort of snappiness and uh, pace about them um, that just, um, I, I, how can I say that there's like a role model, I think, in a sense that I can I just think, yeah, okay, that's, these are the kind of books I like to read. Um, and um, so that was, I guess, at the back of my mind. I think that's so important because we do have these ideas, or at least, I don't know, some of us do who, who want to write books. I know I've sort of gotten myself trapped in this periodically, this sense of of not getting on with it, as you say, and, and agonizing and feeling like we have to write a certain kind of book or there's a certain kind of book that, that needs to be written rather than thinking about what do I really love reading? What really matters to me? What do I enjoy? What kind of sentences do I enjoy? What kind of characters am I excited about? And how can I spend time with them? Like writing doesn't have to be like taking vitamins. No, no, no. And I mean, I think um, I also, I love uh, the beat poets, the Dadaists, the surrealists. I love that kind of, I love sort of kind of detective fiction Mm. and um, as well as kind of cyberpunk, whatever. So um, I I think it's, um, well, 
yeah, that those kind of that comes into the book for me. I think those involve like breaks. They involve certain sort of um, a willingness to say, yeah, okay, narrative is not just, um, and then this happened, and then this happened. It's like, I mean, if you're doing it in a cinema, you you'd cut. Right. You, know, you cut to the scene, cut to a different scene or whatever. And so um, I, I sort of, I love that feeling of uh, like freedom in a sense to experiment. I mean, obviously you've got to kind of like tie things up in a certain, to a certain degree, but I thought that that was, um, that was quite liberating to me to be in that like flow where you could say, well, okay, yeah, cut out, let's just cut out the boring bits. <laughs> uh, you know, like, um, and um, I mean, I'm not sure to what extent, <laughs> but, but that was kind of my intention, I guess. You know, I can see, I can actually see all of that um, as a great lover of Dada and many things that you talked about. I can see that, and I didn't think of it until you said it, but I can totally see it now. And I, I agree; it does feel like it's there's such an, a momentum in the writing and there's such a sense of things going forward this is not a book that it's sort of a slow careful little you know meandering towards one moment of transformation like there's constant transformation and turmoil and things happening and insights and discovery happening for the characters pretty much in every scene I mean how was it for you to maintain that pace it sounds like you thrive on it I was like I don't know how you had the energy to keep writing this much happening well um hmm. I I guess um I grew up on comics you know mm. and I kind of like I, I sort of I mean, okay, I studied literature, German literature, whatever. I, I kind of done that. And, right. But, but I, I kind of have sort of trashy tastes. And I, I kind of, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I kind of, you know, I don't like to get bored um, with, if I'm reading something and I kind of think, yeah, come on, you know, like that just doesn't do it. So um, I, I like to uh, for things to move along and um and I, I think that's important when you're writing something that you have to have that feeling yeah okay yeah this is kind of like doing it for me right now you know i i kind of i don't like that feeling of you know i've got to get from here to there and um so i hate that yeah so i i like and and i think I, i'm pretty goldfish like in that i have a short you know, attention span. I think after a while, I think I, I'm gonna, I want a chapter that's going to be satisfying to me. Um, so, so that's that's that was quite important that I kind of thought, okay, this chapter um, does it. You know, sort of stand, or even this just this section sort of stands alone in some way. Um, and um, so that was like very important that it just kind of worked in itself as a piece of writing. That each bit kind of worked, and I kind of thought, well, okay, that's that's kind of good enough. And it didn't have, they don't have to be all the same or they can be stylistically quite different. I mean, I, I like collage and, um, I, I mean, I think I do a lot of photography and I used to do a lot of collage as well. And, and um, so I, I guess that's quite a visual thing. I mean, it's, you know, like a, that sort of visual aspect is quite important for me. Definitely. I, I can see that as well. Well, I can, it's weird to say I can see that about a book, which is words on a page, but yet you have this experience in your head while you're reading, which does feel very visual and, and did feel very visual in this book as well. 
I think I think that brings up an important point, which is that we, you know, when writing a book, there is so much more time spent writing it than there is for the reader reading it, no matter how much they love it and no matter how carefully they read it. It's just not possible for someone unless they read like one word an hour or something to take as much time reading a book as we spend writing it. And I think that if we don't allow ourselves to be fascinated and, and engaged and excited with scenes as we're writing them, then it's less likely that the reader will feel that way. It's Sure, sure. I mean, I, what, you, what you're saying there, I mean, I, I think of somebody like Neil Stevenson, who is one of my favorite authors. And um, I mean, his Baroque trilogy, I think I must have read it about three times now. And I kind of like always surprise myself when I do that. I mean, I don't often reread books um, but kind of rereading that is like a massive work and um, it's just different every time for me. And um, that, I, that has a, yeah, that is also a, something which has so many different layers or, you know, you can't really sort of fit it into a stylistic sort of category. And, um, you know, that's, that's, yeah, I love that. So I guess that's something that uh, I would aspire to. Definitely. I think one thing that I wanted to ask you about that was present in and is a challenge, I think, to bring in is that you were able to write about sort of the political sphere and, and people having political takes and engaging with the world politically um, without writing a nonfiction book on like, this is how to be a civically responsible human being, but living in sort of a, tumult a tumultuous period of time as we do now. But I mean, I guess every period is ultimately somehow tumultuous, but this one feels particularly so. How did you bring the political into it? Was it something that you thought about specifically, or was it just that these characters happen to be politically minded people? Um, hmm. I, I think that... Well, I, I, in a way, it's, it's kind of unavoidable. I mean, I didn't really want to do something that which is like, oh, I have to represent the kind of like, oh, the political spectrum in some way. I mean, it just, that wasn't at all what it was about for me. You know, it's just like, I thought, well, okay, these characters, where would they be? What would, you know, what, what are they, what are their, what could their opinions be? What could their feelings be at this particular time? I mean, it is a very sl slipstream universe um, in the book, but, um, the same time, I think that people are sort of engaged more or less, I guess, in the world. And, you know, um, just from the people I, that I know that, that they would have a specific, their own specific takes on things. So I don't think, um, how can I say, I think, I think it was important that they, that their politics should um, proceed from their feelings in a way, you know. Yeah, that it was who they were and it was just them living their lives rather than something they were doing as sort of a prosthetic on the front of them. Yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I think, again, that the, the sort of art form, I mean, movements like the Beat Poets or the Dadaists, that informed a lot of what they were doing, but it didn't necessarily mean that, you know, that they were sort of preaching. Right. I don't. I don't really, I don't like that. You know, I don't really like that. And I think if you're going to do that, then you could write a pamphlet, you know, I don't, 
I mean, what's, you know, I don't think people want to be in la- in that sort of genre. They don't want to be sort of preached at. No. I mean, but it's nice. I think it's nice. When I'm reading a book, I think it's nice to feel sort of at home. Mm. Or if you kind of recognize the writer in a book and you think, okay, yeah. I mean, I, I sort of read Margaret Atwood and I kind of like love what she, she you know, she, her sort of uh, like environmental fiction. And you just think, yeah, okay, wow, you know, that's, wow, that's just great. Uh, it's sort of, and she's very playful at the same time, I think. And um, so um, that's, I think that's, in a sense, it's sort of reassuring. I mean, it's obviously about, you know, your own worldview, the author's worldview, but, um, you know, you don't have to buy it. You don't have to read it if you don't like it, whatever, you know. But I think it's good to to have uh, a sense of, um where the characters are and where they're coming from. I just think it's interesting to bring it in because I think a lot of people fear incorporating that subject or they feel like they don't want to alienate people or they don't want to set them off. But to bring the characters' viewpoints in, I think that really gave them depth and you got to know them better for having it included. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess, I mean... I think for me, it does sort of boil down to um, where people are and where they're coming from. Um, um, you know, if if whatever, um, there's somebody in the book. I mean, she's um, she's a lesbian working for the state. You know, how does that work? You know, how does that work out in terms of um, or working undercover for the state? You know, how does that work out in terms of her politics? How can she square that with herself? And I think those things are quite interesting. You know, I remember um, when I was um, living in London, I mean, this was about like 35 years ago. I mean, and um, I met a young black woman on the street and she was handing out um, handing out pamphlets, leaflets for the uh, young conservatives, and I was sort of stunned that I kind of it was. I was just thought, well, how does that work? How can you know, like these are these is kind of like one of the most, or at that time, a very right wing grouping, you know, and, um, in British politics. And I kind of thought, well, how does that work then for you? And and I just thought, well, okay, you know, well, don't be naive. It will work. It works for her somehow. It were, you know, otherwise she wouldn't be doing it. She must be able to square it somehow. Mm. And uh, and I think it's it's kind of like, you know, it's interesting to look at um, to sort of like confront in a way your own your own cliches. You think, well, people are like, you know, people have a certain um, whatever upbringing or background or ethnicity or whatever that you know that their politics should be like this, and it doesn't work like that at all. Um, and um, you know, that's that's a kind of a quite an interesting um, aspect of human nature, I guess. I think that's what's so rewarding about writing books is that you get to sort of step inside of what would it mean? Or if someone was in this situation and they handled this way, what would that look like? And that it's a it's sort of an exercise in empathy or an exercise in figuring out how how you square it, as you said. I think that's a great way to think about it. You know, I, I, I guess I think we're living now at a time that, you know, things are are pretty fucked up, you know. And so <laughs> I, th- I think that um, the that the even 
even sort of quite, how can you say, fairly sort of normal demands become quite radical. You know, just like saying, let's have some clean air or some clean water. Right. Uh, you know, um, and that that's where we are. I think, you know, you sort of say, well, let's, you know, let's not destroy the planet or whatever. You know, that seems to be, um, you know, absurdly simple as a demand or as a as a position and um but apparently not you know apparently that's that's something that that is um is difficult to say these days yeah so so uh, um you know i i think i think the book is more sort of political with a small p it's not uh, you know it's not oh um, yeah I don't think it's, you know, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't think that that's kind of like uh, so in your face, I don't think. No, but, but and I think that it's more that it was part of the whole. And when I think back to what you said at the beginning, that you were in some ways thinking about how people were being really reductionistic about Berlin and about Germany and saying, oh, I get it. We get how they are. And being able to push back a little bit and say, well, maybe it's not quite that simple. I think that there's there's something really important about using writing and using literature to push back on topics that people can get really reductionistic about and say, well, maybe it's just not quite that simple. Um, I think having lived in both Berlin and Berkeley, which is another mm -hmm. city that carries a lot of that, um, yeah that kind of, I don't know, I, I, it defies convention and yet people really love to categorize it. Um, I think that there are places that kind of carry responsibility in a way, like they, they want to think in different ways and they want to have different ways of pushing forward. Um, and in the case of Berlin, there's a lot of history laid on top of that. Well, totally, total, you know, yeah, enormous amount of history. Um, and um, I think, I mean, I first came here in the 80s and it was like it was full of draft dodgers of course i mean it was you know like everybody who didn't want to go to the army you know like skipped off to berlin to west berlin at least you know and um that was so the whole place was full of all these you know like draft dodging layabouts you know like squatters and whatever degree of this pretty freaky and pretty great you know and um and i think that that um in a sense that that still very much informs a lot of what the place is about, you know, um, that this kind of like quite sort of anarchic undercurrent um, is, is very, very much present. And people sort of, uh, people, like, I guess this is quite a Berlin specific in a sense, but people immediately say, oh yeah, and they're so rude. You know, you go here and they're so rude and they don't get customer service. And I think, well, you know, just go back home and whatever. You know, <laughs> search, you know, just, I mean, that's, that's, you know, like, and I think that, that a lot of it is if this was New York, especially for English speakers, if it was New York, people would, would be able to handle it. You know, I mean, I think New York has an equally, the same kind of rap uh, as Berlin in the sense that it's, when people say, oh, you know, they're, they're so rude or whatever. And you're like, but it's just like people, uh, sort of speaking the same language but if you're like you come here as an anglo you get into a sort of an, uh, like a victim status and they only six bad things to me and i don't know what to say and so uh, <laughs> like I, I just think oh you know you don't but even like the rest of germany is like that with berlin <laughs> you know, they just think um they just think the berliners are just out there 
Yes. So, yeah, so I kind of like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's in some ways the perfect place to have, uh, you know, a book that defies convention and then that is breaking out and, and looking at things in a different way and pulling from Dada and pulling from the bee poets and pulling from all of these influences who were looking at convention and sort of saying, no, I, I don't think I'll have that. I think I'll, I think I'll have something else. I think I'll, mm. I'll try something else. And I love how each of these characters is, is at sort of a critical point in their lives and deciding how they want to handle it themselves and not really taking the easy way out and saying, oh, yeah, 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 I'll do the I'll do the simple thing. I'll do the really obvious choice. None of them does that, which is really mm -hmm. fun to watch. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe that's just my life. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's just my view of life. I don't know. People, people sort of tend to not always do the easiest things, you know, like I guess they just, you know, people are sort of bloody minded and just um, don't necessarily do things that they think you know, other people think is the right, you know, it's the right thing for them to do. You know, you could say, well, to people, oh, you know, uh, um, I don't know, why are they in that relationship or whatever? And, you know, and, and you, but you're just looking at it from the other side, you know, it's just, uh, you know, who are you to judge kind of thing. So people just, they make their own minds up in, in the most obscure ways, I think. Yeah, so, it's, it's fun to um, experience. I mean, I think that's one of the, the really enjoyable things about reading the book is to, to watch people make up their own minds really clearly thinking about it. They're all thoughtful. They're all saying, okay, let me take a minute. I'm going to, I'm going to reflect on this and I'm going to do what's right for me. And, and seeing them take, yeah, take a challenging perspective, take, take a risk and, and face things head on. I think that was something that really stood out for me that I enjoyed about it. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, like I say, I mean, I, I, I sort of, in a way, I just sort of wound the figures up a little bit and they just sort of did their thing, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That's fun to watch. Mm. So how is it now that it's out in the world? How does it feel to have wound them up, written through it, gotten through, and now it's out there? How has it been setting them free? Um, scary, I guess, in a way. I mean, the, you know, it's. I remember when I first started um writing fiction and um workshopping it and i remember that being probably one of the most the scariest experiences that i'd ever had <laughs> this sort of sense of you know you sort of create something and then show it to people and and then you know they tear it to shreds or, or they don't or whatever or they like it or they don't and um, i must say I, I never knew you could really have this much fun with literature uh, in the sense that I've been like read, doing readings in play in all over the place, and um, and I've sort of found out that I really enjoy doing that. And <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's been very very interesting for me, and also people's feedback has been very interesting. Um, so so yeah, so in a, I guess in a word, so it's been yeah, been great, been really really good. Um, I think what what I what I feel now is that um, kind of working, having started work on like a sequel, mm. uh, that I 
find uh, the world at large to be in such a desperate place that it's kind of like makes it sort of slightly difficult to focus on fiction. I find it difficult to read fiction at the moment. Um, and um, that, you know, I, I'm kind of reading a lot of nonfiction. And so that is a kind of, um, I guess it's a, a sort of question for me is that, you know, it's like how, yeah, uh, how do you get enough detachment in a way almost to, to, to be able to, to, yeah, to sort of um, get back into that space. I mean, I'm, I'm also writing a lot of poetry um, and that's kind of at the moment a little bit easier for me because it's um, in a sense you kind of focus on like on one thing and that's um, you can kind of bore down into that without getting into a sort of a greater vistas and more complex scenarios. So I think at the moment, um, I know, but I'm going to have to sort of deal with that. I think deal with that, um, that in a sense, yeah. What, what do we do now? I mean, if you're, if you define yourself in some way as a writer, you've got to write, I guess, you know, you've got, I mean, this, your part, that's part of your response to the world has to be that. So you, you know, you've got to deal with it somehow. And, um, and I think that is, you know, it's a, it's a challenge to all of us right now. I mean, I'm just talking, you know, specifically about the kind of the ecological crisis really at the moment. So I think that is certainly, um, uh, you know, a challenge. And I think if you're like in, um, well, not just in America, in the UK, but Western Europe, whatever, a lot of these countries are, are really facing major, major problems in terms of democracy. So... Again, this is something which really, you know, I think people are slightly shell-shocked right now and, um, you know, sort of adjusting to it. A, fr a friend of mine, he was um, on Twitter um, recently and he was sort of saying something like, you know, am I the only one to be, to be completely, um, what is the word, like um, just sort of emotionally exhausted by, mm. um, by just the the sort of the news that we're getting right now and um you know i think so i think anybody who who can can kind of go beyond that to to do something creative and to um to do something positive you know they have my total admiration really absolutely yeah i think it's important i mean i think it's important to to figure out how you can relate to writing in a way that feels useful and in a way that feels like it contributes and also in a way that you can just continue doing it because in, in times of difficulty, whether they're personal or at large, it, it can be difficult to create and figuring out how that works, I think is maybe one of the most important things a writer can do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I think there's a lack of balance, isn't it? I, I mean, uh, between, I think writing is quite obviously quite a solitary pursuit, and um, you know how much are you sort of withdrawing and being solitary and doing your own thing, and how much are you sort of um, whatever engaging or soaking it up or just being in the world? Oh, this is something you got to. Everybody has to decide that for themselves, really. Definitely. <laughs> well. <laughs> 
I feel like we could go on for an entire another episode on this topic, but I'm I'm grateful you stepped out of your solitude to to talk to us today so that we could learn more about the process of the book. It's it's been wonderful. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening to the Secret Library podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this week's show. You can keep the conversation going by leaving a comment in the show notes at secretlibrarypodcast.com or visit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash secretlibrarypodcast. You can also connect directly with me on Twitter or Instagram where I'm Caro Donahue. That's at C-A-R-O-D-O-N-A-H-U-E. I look forward to chatting with you there. See you next week. Until then, happy writing.